Now more with Frank Gaffney. We're back, and it's a privilege to say we're joined by Robert Spencer, who is these days, among other things, a senior fellow of the Center for Security Policy. He was also the director of Jihad Watch and a Shulman Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, the author of some 21 books, including a number of bestsellers. Personal favorites of mine are The Truth About Muhammad and The History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS. He also has written a book for the Center for Security Policy Press, Mass Migration in Europe a model for the U.S. Robert, it's great to have you with us. Welcome back. Always good to talk to you, Frank. Thank you. You are perhaps one of the world's foremost experts on jihad, and I wanted to talk with you about its current rather, well, appalling manifestation in the form of now a comprehensive array of attacks against the state of Israel by jihadis of various stripes and in various parts of uh, the Middle East. Give us sort of your assessment of what is the ideological or, or theological underpinning of what's being done to the Israelis now, and then we'll talk about some of the ways in which it's manifesting itself. Well, the ideological and theological underpinning is the same as has been in the past underpinning all of the attacks against Israel and wars against Israel. And that's summed up really by the Quran in chapter 2, verse 191, where it says, drive them out from where they drove you out. Now, in my book, The Palestinian Delusion, I give an abundance of evidence that the Israelis did not actually drive the Muslim Arabs out of the area that is now modern-day Israel. But that is the mythology that is relentlessly spread among the Palestinian Arabs and their allies. And consequently, they believe they have a divine imperative, a command from God to drive the Israelis out. And the immediate cause is a chance that Hamas has seen to assert its power and to grow its base in light of a recent, uh, an own goal, a self uh, a self-inflicted mistake by the uh, Palestinian president Mahmoud Abbas who's in the 16th year of his four-year term as president, and he called for new elections. Then it became very clear that he wasn't going to win those new elections, and he called them off. And Hamas sees a chance to further assert the weakness of Abbas and their own strength against the Israelis, and that's the immediate cause of this conflict. Uh, David Wormser was on the program yesterday, another of our colleagues at the Center for Security Policy, and he said there may also be another calculation. Um, there is an Israeli Arab party in the Knesset that has broken with the other Arab Israeli parties in the Knesset and indicated that it would be willing to actually become sort of part of a national government and work for the state of Israel instead of seeking its destruction, as the rest of them do. And that the um, the effort here is to uh, sort of uh, both intimidate them and destroy any chances that they may pull that off. Um, but whatever the, the specifics are, Robert, I think your point is very important here, that this was not precipitated by the Israelis, and hence the kind of moral equivalence that the Biden administration has been exhibiting towards um, the Israelis on the one hand and the perpetrators of the violence against them is, uh, is not just misplaced, it's obscene. Let's talk a little bit about what the jihadists are now doing 
when they can get their hands on Israelis, um, either in close quarters or from a bit of a remove, uh, to, to uh, well, destroy them, if possible. Well, it's, it's really extraordinary, the, the open bloodlust that we see coming out of the Palestinians, and it never seems to move the Obama-Biden team at all. They don't ever take any notice of it. But you have, for example, a Hamas political bureau member, the former minister of the interior, Fatih Hamad, and he recently called upon the people of Jerusalem to buy a knife for five shekels, which I don't believe is very much, and cut off the heads of Jews. And he uh, quotes the Quran saying, you shall find the strongest in enmity toward the believers to be the Jews, and is inciting the people to, in, in essence, just carry out random attacks against Jewish civilians. And this is the kind of thing that we're seeing uh, in the in the Palestinian areas. As a matter of fact, recently, uh, an American citizen, a Palestinian-American, uh, murdered a Jewish teenager. And uh, it was noted in the reports on this incident that he was a wealthy, upper-middle-class individual. And so uh, this once again gives the lie to the idea that Terrorism is something that comes out of desperate poverty, and we need to give more billions to the Palestinians to solve the problem. In addition to, you know, the the dollar fifty equivalent, I think is uh, what five shekels amounts to of uh, you know murders at close quarters. We also have Hamas now sending hundreds of rockets into Israel in an indiscriminate way. Some of them falling on civilian areas um, with murderous effect. They're also, Robert, launching them from civilian areas in Gaza. Um, talk a little bit about talk the bloodlust, um, even, even the lust for blood of their own people, because inevitably that puts civilians in the crosshairs of retaliation if the Israelis uh, are not, as they tend to be, very exacting in what they target in retaliation. Well, that's actually right. Uh, that's exactly the point um, in this case, that what they want to do is put their civilians in harm's way and get some of them killed. This is actually what they're calculating will happen and hoping will happen, because then they can use the deaths of those civilians to further the lie that Israel is indiscriminately and disproportionately killing Palestinians. And it going in because of a few rockets that didn't kill anyone, supposedly, and killing children and raising schools and all this sort of thing. And actually, they deliberately launch attacks from civilian areas so that the retaliatory fire can be used for this kind of propaganda purpose. The, even the UN, which is inveterately anti-Israel, has noted this and condemned Hamas for doing it. And yet they've continued to enable it in part through uh, their UNRWA program, the UN Welfare and Relief Agency. Um, let's talk, Robert, about one other piece of this, which is, I think, particularly alarming to both Israelis and those of us who revere the Jewish state and value its strategic alliance with this country. And that is, it seems now as though Israeli Arabs, who are not only represented in the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, as I mentioned, but, you know, enjoy essentially a very privileged status in Israel, uh, certainly compared to how Jews are treated in Arab states, Muslim states, and uh, compared to how, for that matter, 
<laughs> Arab Muslims are treated in their own countries elsewhere. Uh, but what's happening now, it seems, Robert, is not just that uh, Palestinians from the West Bank or um, other areas uh, that are, you know, outside of the wall that the Israelis created to try to defend themselves against Palestinian terrorism, but Israeli Arabs themselves are now mounting these attacks, um, uh, pogroms they're being described as in some of the cities in Israel, um, burning uh, synagogues, for example, and uh, ambushing you know people in their cars and uh, beating them or worse. What does that portend in terms of not just the jihad, but um, the uh, likelihood that this is going to metastasize much more uh, widely uh, into perhaps war? Oh, yes. War is very possible at this point. Uh, of course, Israel has already said that it's going to uh, go into Gaza and try to cripple Hamas once and for all, which, of course, it should have done many other times in the past. And that could lead to Hamas's allies, including or perhaps primarily the Islamic Republic of Iran, actually going to war against Israel. And so this is the world that Joe Biden has created and his handlers just in, in the space of a few months. That's such a critical point, And I'm afraid it's going to be obscured. Um, while I think many of us will find unacceptable the idea that there is some sort of moral equivalence between the Israelis and the Palestinians, um, which has been the principal response of the Biden administration to date, this idea that how they've been conducting themselves in, in seeking to appease and engage and otherwise embolden the Iranian regime on the one hand, and and now uh, restoring uh, this corrupt Palestinian kleptocracy to a prime role in U.S. Middle East policy is indeed predictably giving rise to these kinds of, uh, uh, well, misbehavior, to put it gently, um, especially the idea that we've now put, as I understand it, several hundred million dollars back in the bank accounts from taxpayers in this country of, uh, of these kleptocrats in, in Ramallah. Um, just quickly, in summary, Robert, um, holding the Biden team accountable seems to be vitally important if we're to avoid this problem getting much worse. Well, you see, the Trump administration had completely pacified the area by bypassing the Palestinians, defunding them, and uh, brokering peace deals between Israel and its neighboring states. Now, by newly empowering and financing the Palestinians, Biden has brought us to the brink of war and damaged those peace agreements because, of course, Countries that were leaning toward Israel now believe they have to stand with the Palestinians. And so he has done nothing but inflame the region and perhaps even created the uh, groundwork for a full-scale war. We need an urgent course correction, Robert Spencer. I hope your counsel is heated on this matter and we'll look forward to taking it again soon. Thank you for your time today, my friend. God bless you and the great work you do at jihadwatch.org. Check it out, folks. Next up, Benjamin Weingarten on the racism of anti-racism. That and more straight ahead.
Go to securefreedomradio.org today. It's your freedom. It's your country. Frank Gaffney's Secure Freedom Radio.